Welcome everybody back to Latino Free Minds. I'm Daniel. I'm here with the co-host Danny. I uh, hope everyone's been doing well. Hope everyone had a good Christmas, a Merry Christmas, and uh, you know, a good new year. Hopefully everybody stayed safe. Um, we're kicking off this year, uh, you know, pretty strong. We're gonna we're gonna make sure that uh, we keep doing this, and um, hopefully you guys keep tuning in. You know, we still got a lot of people tuning in to our other episodes, so we thank you for that. And if you've just started following the show, and to the people that have given us feedback, you know, thank you as well. Uh, it means a lot, and you know, we're doing our best to. To like, like we have always said from the beginning is to learn and hopefully you guys are learning to have the conversations yourself. Um, but other than that, how, how you been, Danny? Been good. Uh, everybody, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. So can't believe we're in 2023 uh, as a kid thinking about, you know, 2023 really didn't happen. <laughs> so it's kind of weird being in uh, 2023 now. Yeah. But um, glad that we're here. For sure. Um, so if you've been following along, you've been, you've been listening to our discussions about manipulation and how it affects, you know, pretty much everybody that's in the system, but, and, and Latinos as well. But, you know, this time around, we wanted to, uh, talk about a, a specific, uh, topic. Uh, we want to talk about the border and, and how it affects Latinos. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, you know, we're, constantly talking about here is thinking for ourselves and um, you know we have to open up that conversation to really thinking about what's going on in the border but not what we hear from the news and politicians but what is really going on in the border because in past episodes we've talked about you know uh, politicians uh, using media social media um news networks to manipulate us and our thoughts, pulling out our heartstrings. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when we see kids at the border, families at the border, um, news uh, anchors have been caught taking specific photos, like photo ops, not necessarily, you know, true um, actions that are happening in that moment, but like just photo ops and, you know, trying to create a story out of it. And what they're trying to do is pull out our heartstrings and, you know, make us uh, feel guilt as Latinos, you know. Mm -hmm. And if uh, you're an American, um, you, you know, Caucasian or uh, any other type of minority, they're trying to pull at your heartstrings too. And um, I think in this environment right now in 2023 and in the past, I don't know, 15, 20 years, the issue with the border is completely different from what it used to be back when our parents uh, were coming over to the United States looking for an opportunity to work and possibly move their families over here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and kind of to what you just said is they use it as an opportunity for, you know, like a photo op to to manipulate, right? To use it to their advantage, not because they care but because they know if I post this picture of me or of this situation that looks sad or doesn't look good, it's going to, it's going to make it seem as though I'm caring and I'm doing something about it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just for their self-interest. And like Danny said, it's been years 
that we've had the issue with the border and the border with all these years of you know politicians promising to to fix the issues at the border and all that it just seems to get worse every year so you know that by itself should show you that you know what this issue at the border this issue with immigration hasn't been fixed and it just keeps getting worse so what are these politicians actually doing when they're when they're talking about immigration and and promising all these things but again it the situation keeps getting worse and worse and worse well um you and i heard a debate with uh, gavin newsom uh when he was running for governor and he was bragging about how much money he was spending and in education and the border and all kinds of different things and that sounds really good and people may take that as him caring and doing something about it but what we have to look at is that if they're spending that much money it's obviously not working so they have to change something Mm -hmm. Um, we can't just accept you know that they're spending a lot of money to show that they really care um so what they're doing has to be changed. You know, the way that they're allocating that money, it has to change. Um, it's not effective. You know, they need to change it up in order to be effective. And as you were talking, um, I was thinking about, you know, all this money that they're sending over to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And um, in allocating that money there, and if they, they really cared about you know, protecting our border, um, they would take care of those people that are that are coming up because these are real people mm-hmm. um, that are really suffering. You know, there there's people dying. Um, you know, of starvation, dehydration. Uh, they're separated from their parents. You know, the kids are. Um, they they end up lost. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things going on. There's human trafficking going on. Um, you know, the, they're being used as mules to carry drugs and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're, you should, you just showed a graph a little bit earlier when you and I were discussing uh, the border is that there's a lot of unoccupied children coming up um, through the border. And that's not necessarily uh, Mexican children, but it's, you know, from El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, um, and as you can see at that graph right there, is this shows that the border problem that exists now, day and age, is completely different from when our parents were coming over. Because, yes, you know, young men, young women were coming over, but I would say that it didn't match up with this graph that you guys are seeing, this chart that you're seeing right here, because um, they were of working age. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying every single one was, but the majority was, and it was, it was pretty much unheard of, um, you know, for children to be crossing uh, the border, um, by themselves. you know, in the 60s, 70s, when our parents were coming over, mm-hmm. they were looking for opportunities to come and work. And then once they found the opportunities and they were established, they would, you know, bring over, you know, the wife or the kids or bring the wife over and start their family here. So we can't fall for that trap that they're, the politicians are throwing out there and pulling at our heartstrings. And the real crime here is 
that they're playing with these real people that are coming up to the border and, and suffering. Yeah, and and that's something that's something that I think a lot of Latinos can actually, you know, relate to or understand that like yeah, before you would see, you know, the the dad, the husband, whatever, you know, would come up, get themselves established, and then they would look into bringing their family or like you said, starting their family here. And and you know, we all as Latinos, like I said, we all know somebody in that situation or someone who's who's uh you know that story pertains to them and what we're seeing today and and, you know looking at the graph kind of like i was saying before it's you can see how it's each year it's gotten worse and worse um and when it when it comes to to the border because you you know you were you were talking about how it's kids how it's people the, the human trafficking aspect and all that other stuff, you know, talking about the border does not mean that we don't care about the people mm-hmm. that are there or those people that are suffering or the people that want to come here for a better life. We understand that. But we also understand that if we just let it happen kind of as it is now, we're going to expose most of those people that are coming up are going to be more exposed to those kind of dangers. You know, women getting killed, children getting killed, women getting raped. The human trafficking aspect. Um, I believe I seen like I want to say a couple of weeks ago, Project Veritas had done you know one of their undercover things on uh, unaccompanied minors and how they're released to sponsors, right? And um, I believe they were kind of showing that you don't really even got to establish a relationship with the kid, or you just or it's like a verbal, yeah, I'm the uncle, and and there's no real proof or evidence that they're related or anything like that yeah so if, if you haven't seen that you know you should go check out their uh their instagram account that's where they posted it and you know it's showing that there's different houses i think they were focused on the texas area that had like one house had like i don't know 10 sponsors and they were all minors and and it was only like adult males living there so it's this real real weird stuff but that's the kind of stuff that if we just allow this border issue to go on and then and, and keep falling for these promises because, yeah, they use that imagery against us or, or, or you know, our pride against us, then that is what, unfortunately, is being allowed. Yeah. Um, and going back to, you know, our parents uh, coming here, um, and with that American dream and wanting to build a family here for better opportunities uh, for us. Um, so I was first generation born here and um, I have some family members that it's a vice for them. It's, it's really difficult because in one hand, they're grateful that, you know, our parents or grandparents came here and um, we were born here or grew up here, right? And we have the opportunities that we have. And on the other hand, they see what's going on and they can't accept that a border wall is good because they don't want to deny anybody that opportunity to come over Mm -hmm. the way that 
you know, their parents or grandparents did um, so that they could have a better life. It's like that but, guilt, right? That guilt kind well, of feeling. Exactly. And that vice is the guilt, mm-hmm. you know, because you're torn. Um, in one hand, you see the 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 use of the border wall, that control, because in order for a country to be stable, it has to be um, protected. You know, it has to have a strong border. Mm-hmm. Um, I think anybody would agree. Any country would agree. Ukraine would agree right now because... You know, they're going through that war uh, mm-hmm. with Russia. And um, a lot of the politicians are backing, you know, Ukraine. So everybody would agree that you have to have a, a strong border. Mm-hmm. And that guilt gets in the way of making that decision. And uh, the way that I had to explain it to a family member is that, you know, and this is my belief, is that in today's uh, border um problems, crisis, issues, whatever you want to call it, is different from our parents and grandparents because, um, you know, when they came here, they were looking for opportunities to work. And like I said, it was usually the males or, you know, the female adults that were coming to um, look for work. So once they were here, established themselves, started, you know, paying uh, attorneys and whatnot for immigration, start you know, getting the paperwork ready, you know, for whenever amnesty uh, came up or, you know, a work permit or whatever the case may be. So I remember when my parents were going through that and, um, you know, they were going to San Francisco, you know, the court hearings and going through that entire process to get, you know, their visa. Mm-hmm. So it, it's completely different from the the issues that we're having now at the border and you can't let that guilt get in the way what you what you should be looking at is why it's happening why is it that so many people are coming up to the border and um sending their children on a copy you know uh unaccompanied Mm -hmm. then if it's because and if you're going back because of poverty and um things of that nature from where they're from, you know, we got to hold those uh, countries accountable too. And if that is the case, then what the parents need to do is go through the proper channels and uh, start that process to, you know, whether it's seeking asylum or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. uh, you know, starting that process to come over and bring their family over because guess what, when you, when they do that, uh, they get vetted, you know, if they're a criminal, obviously, if my parents were criminals, they wouldn't have gotten that visa. Mm-hmm. So when that vetting process happens, you know, that's what allows them to come in into this country legally. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, when you when you when you really think about it, there's nothing wrong with that. And like Danny was saying is any country has to that, that wants to be a respected country, a sovereign country has to defend or take care of its borders and and um so with with oh man i lost my i hate when that happens i lost my train of thought damn it well check this out maybe it had something to do with this but um the cartels everybody if we ask anybody Mm -hmm. that we know and and ask them you know if the cartels are running certain borders, whether it's a, a, 
a state or a city or a territory in um, Mexico, they're going to say, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, they're the ones that are actually uh, running uh, the states and the borders there or, you know, trafficking or whatever the case is. So what makes you think that the cartels are not right there on the border, you know, um, trafficking people, mm-hmm. drugs, money? Uh, there's there's so many things that they could be doing right there. And if, if that's not controlled, then w- what are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're allowing crimes to happen on the border. We're allowing the cartel to do their business on the border. If we have a strong border, you know, they can't run business as usual. And, you know, that means that less people are being used as mules, less human trafficking. I think everybody would be for that. Looks like Danny's screen froze. Uh, we'll see if we'll get him back in right now. Where did I get cut off at? You back in here? <laughs> yeah. All right. Frozen. No, I froze. But what were, you, what were you saying? You were talking about the cartels and, and how, you know, all that stuff going on. How how is how will we not think that stuff's happening? Oh, yeah. Um, I think everybody would agree that that's a strong possibility, right? Everybody was would probably say, well, prove it. Um, there's a lot of things that we know happen that I can't, you know, prove in this moment, this instant. But if yeah. you're from, if you have family in Mexico, you know that, you know, there's a lot of corruption with cartels there. So if we can't come to an agreement that that is a strong possibility, then let's just agree to disagree. But yeah, I mean, if, yeah, and you, yeah, you no, but if family- we don't control the borders, we're allowing the cartels, you know, to to do business as usual. I don't know if I got cut off when I, when I mentioned that, but yeah. And, and, and just kind of what you were saying, the cartels in Mexico do control their States, you know, each, each cartel in a sense controls their border, right? Their, their, their state is their border. And, you know, you can't have people the way they run it, right. You can't be in there like, like doing whatever you want to do. Cause they'll probably, try to handle a situation. Right. And, and that's the thing. It's like, even, even without the proof, this instant, you know, you have, you know, you have family, I believe, or your family's from Michoacan, right? I have family Mm -hmm. that's from Guerrero and every now and then, you know, I'll see the, the, the murder rates and, you know, the States in, in Mexico. And those, those two are always in the top five. And it's because of the cartels. And yeah. in my opinion, when, when we talk about the border and how it's wide open, I think my opinion is the only people that truly benefit, not, I, don't, I don't even know if you want to call it benefit, but the only ones that gain out of that is the cartel, the the, the coyotes or whoever that are now going to take advantage of all these people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, accountability, um, takes a big part of that. We have to think about accountability. So, and, and what I mean by accountability is those countries, is mm-hmm. Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras, um, you know, in, in what's going on in their country. Um, yeah. There, there's something definitely wrong that they're making such a big push to come over. Uh, and what's weird is that 
you know, in the past two years uh, after Trump, you know, the number of uh, illegal immigrants have obviously been coming up, you know, a lot more. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's common sense. It's because the border is weak. It's weaker. Um, The policies are weaker. And that's that's the reason that they're coming over. There's there's a saying that's called. uh, um, Let me see, what is that chart? Oh, this is the oh, so this is country of yeah. It'll show you the age and then the country of origin. Kind of what you were saying is like. Oh yeah, look the, at Honduras, thirty-two percent in twenty twenty-one. Guatemala, forty-seven. El Salvador, thirteen percent. Mexico, one percent. All other countries, seven percent. And that's another good point: is that the other countries doesn't necessarily mean it's it's Mexican people or even El Salvador. El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Mm-hmm. It's um, how many other people from other countries are going through Mexico to come here? Yeah, um, is the other thing that you have to think about. And I just earlier today, I heard that the Al Qaeda threat is back up, mm-hmm. um, and uh, they're expecting um, them to have some sort of big event you know, in the near future. Mm. So with a wide open border, I think it's a pretty good, you know, likelihood that they would come through there if they were trying to come into the United States illegally. Yeah. So we have to get rid of um, that guilt. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I felt the guilt, you know, we're human. Uh, We don't want to see people suffer. We want people to, have the same opportunities that uh, we've been afforded. But at the same time, we have to check ourselves. Uh, we, we have to think logically. And uh, now, you know, we have to protect um, our kids, our families. Yeah. So we've, we've got to keep um, things separate, you know, our emotions and, um, you know, common sense, you know, um, just, security for our loved ones and our loved ones are also mexican americans they're also mexicans so latinos if you will so we we've got to learn how to separate both yeah and and that's the thing that that is very important you know from my my perspective is a lot of if you you ask a lot of or you kind of see a lot of young mexican american people you know that are born here and they get really, really offended, real triggered by the the conversation about the border or the border wall, because they've been conditioned to think that it's that we don't want Mexicans here or they hate Mexicans or they hate Latinos, whatever, however you want to call it. Right. But, you know, if you look at the data here, especially like looking at 2021, you know, 1% of the people that of the of the unaccompanied minors that were coming were were Mexican. You know, and then you got seven percent for from other countries. So it's not just yes, the southern border border is right there, you know, Mexico and in America, but it's not necessarily specifically targeting Mexicans. It's just mm-hmm. there's a lot more countries coming through here. And if we're just looking at this percentage of, of unaccompanied minors, which is age range zero through 17, you know, 17, you could say, it's you know, it's a young man. 
Mm-hmm. So 7% versus 1%. So you don't know where these other 7% are coming from, what intentions they have. So that's a, another thing that we have to be mindful of, not just that, that, you know, be that prideful Mexican or Hispanic or whatever, but realize, okay, it, it's other things that are involved in the border. And, and I think people need to really realize that and not just, uh, you know, get so offended or so triggered by the, by the, by the border, right. And securing it. And then yeah. here's just one more thing that I saw to kind of, <clears throat> that talks about what, what we were talking about right now is, uh, check this out. So this is the center for immigration studies. So it says here in, in 2022, Numbers show Border Patrol apprehended a whopping 98 watch-listed terrorists at the southern border. Six times the record of 15 caught there in 2021. So it's it's not just Mexicans or Latinos that we're worried about there. America, you know, for, is, is a very hated country as well. As much as people want to come to America for a better life, there are other people that hate this country. I mean, we've seen it through terrorist attacks already and, you know, in our lifetime. Um, but just think of that, you know, in this last year, they caught 98 suspected terrorists trying to cross the border. So that is one reason we can't just leave it open because as much as we may have that guilt or someone may have that guilt because yeah, they want more people to come, more people to have opportunity. We have to be smart about it in a sense. We have to be, have to pay attention to to what is going on. That's why that vetting is so important. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to the rhetoric that, you know, politicians and um, news networks use. I mean, they're, they're hand in hand, you know, they're, they're, they're virtually the same thing. So what's ironic about the whole situation is that all these politicians uh, you know, they have guards at their homes, they have um, gates, they have walls. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're saying that we don't need them for our border. They don't need them for, you know, our homes in in the southern border. But they're being hypocritical by having them at their own homes, you know, with the luxury of armed security, you know. So yeah. it's one of those things where... We, we can't fall into the trap of, you know, the pretty words that they use and uh, the manipulation that they use, you know, to make us feel that guilt because mm-hmm. they're pulling at our heartstrings. So, yeah. you know, we have to rise above that and, and realize the game that they're playing. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what, what we're trying to do, too, is you know, show you data, you know, these, the, the data we've shown so far are from, from government websites. So it's not like, oh, I'm not giving you things from Fox News or CNN. I'm giving you stuff directly from the government. So you can see when, when we say that, you know, this is getting out of hand, it's, it's proven with data from the government. So, you know, it, it, it has gotten worse. And, and if we don't do anything, it'll continue to get worse. And yeah. each year, the the amount of encounters, you know, just to kind of share one more slide is the amount of encounters with 
with uh, immigrants at the border has has gone up immensely as well. Um, so you know, just kind of if you look at the data here, so the the border patrol in 2017 dealt with 526,901 you know immigrants or crossings or enforcement actions that they had to take. Typically, this means you know a person that they had to deal with. So, and you know, if you look at last year, you're you're at two point seven million. So, you know, it's what is that? One, two, three. It's like five times bigger than it was five years ago. And yeah. you know, right here, it gives you year to date in twenty twenty three. I mean, I'm assuming they count this maybe starting December or something. I don't know what the oh October. So, you know, we're already at, we're already past the number of 2017 in, in this year's counts. Yeah. So, you know, just, again, it goes to show that it keeps getting out of hand. It keeps getting worse. But the, the same, the problem is the politicians also that continuously promise that they're going to fix the issue. Or not even promise, they kind of just encourage it too. You know, that's something that when when Biden was debating Trump and and Kamala was debating uh, was his name Pence, one of the things that they were saying is they're basically telling immigrants, yeah, just just come on over, like we'll take care of you. Which, you know, again, if if they're gonna be saying that stuff, and then all these immigrants do end up coming, these people start coming up. But we're not taking care of the issue there and we're sending money to ukraine mm-hmm. it's like what's what's the point of you telling all these people to come here and 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 encouraging that it should be as a politician right you're supposed to be upholding our laws well they're the ones that make the laws as well right but the laws that are in place they should be upholding them and if there is something that they would like to change well you know when they get voted on and they go into Congress or the Senate or whatnot, they're supposed to be representing what the people want. And, and I think a problem with the politician, and I have said this before is they're not doing what the people want. They're doing what their party Mm -hmm. wants. The the priority is the party. Now you can see it on both sides. It's not so much of why the people put you in there anymore. It's, Okay, this is my party's stance now. So this is what I got to do. This is this is where I'm at, and yeah. and you see it all the time. You know they don't break away from their party lines, and and you know that goes to show that you know if to me it's like you, you can't really trust them. Yeah, well you can't, and that's the whole point. Is whatever they're telling us, you know. Uh, you bet your butt, you know, it's probably the opposite of what they're telling us, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it, it goes to show you that politicians in the news networks, we talked about how they've been sued for um, basically manipulating audio, video, information, mm-hmm. period, right? So in the conversation that we're, we're, we've been having right now, I guarantee you that anybody could get this audio, this video, edit it, and make it sound like we are the most racist um, 
couple of guys that yeah. that there is, and you know, racist again, Latinos to put it, you know, to go over the top two, and and that's the type of manipulation. So everything yeah. that you see, you have to take with a grain of salt. You have to really, you know, think about it, dissect it, and, and make your own uh, decisions on it. Yeah, that's and that's something we said too. Uh, I think on the previous episodes, always do your own research. You know, don't just go with an out of context clip. You know, search search for the clip. It's probably on YouTube. It's on Twitter. It's it's all over the place now. So yeah. don't allow yourself to just be manipulated or tricked into thinking that things are a certain way when they're not. You know, watch the full clip, then make the decision. Yeah. And if you end up coming up to that conclusion, well, it is what it is. At least you did your own you know, your own part to try to make sure to see if it was true. Right. So, but, but that's, that's something that is super important. And especially when it comes to the border, it's something that when you hear certain things, you got to look into it. You got to, okay, did, is this real? Did he really say that? Did he really say it this Mm -hmm. way? And, you know, when, Trump announced he was running and he did the whole uh, the speech, the first one that the one that got uh, taken out of context and played over and over and over and over. You know, when you really listen to it, it's not what he said. But I think I think from that moment with the news using that clip repeatedly really did a good job in manipulating people into really hating Trump before they even really gave him a chance, if that makes sense. Yeah, but um, at that point when that happened, my mind was already trained to ask um, for the full context. So everybody got really upset at that point, and they turned around and asked me, um, you know, what I thought about the situation. And I didn't get upset. I simply asked, like, you know, what was the context that it was said? Because all we were hearing is uh, snippets, like literally seconds mm-hmm. of a uh, speech. And um, I knew better than to go off of, you know, the snippet that, you know, they were playing over and over and over. And then when you you listen to the entire context of, you know, what he said, then it it made sense. And I was the wrong person to ask because in my family, you have a little bit of everything. So um obviously my parents uh they came in and my aunts and uncles they came and uh, they worked really hard um to to get their visa and there was a lot of things that were involved with that if uh you know someone that's gone through it already um you get vetted like we said to the point where you know they check and see if you have a criminal record um if you've been an asset you know to the country um if you've contributed, if you paid, you know, taxes, if you tried to evade them, even though you're not here legally, they're looking for that. And, uh, you know, they proved that they were an asset to the country. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, then I have some other family members that are actually not here in the United States anymore because they weren't an asset, you know, to to the country. Mm-hmm. Um, they came with some intentions of doing some illegal things. And um, they, you know, ended up going back to Mexico because of that. 
Um, so I was the wrong person to ask because I can see the point that Trump was trying to make with that speech. And then he, he, he also mentioned, you know, people, uh, they come and do great things here too. So, you know, I know that side of it as well. So when I listened to the entire speech, then it, I agreed with it, but you, but you have to move aside the guilt. You have to move aside the feelings. You have to um, listen to the the entire speech or, you know, context of, you know, the snippets that they give us. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, that's why it's, it's super important to, to do your own investigation on it. Because then if, you know, if you, let's say, for example, if you weren't, in that kind of mind frame, like you were saying that you're already in the mind frame of, of questioning things, uh, you could have easily, you know, also just been like, well, I don't like this guy. And, and, you know, like, like it, like I said, it worked, right. It, they, they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. And, and the thing about the whole border situation and, and Trump and all that is, you know, it, it's, People were were so manipulated by it that it moves more beyond Trump now. It, it you know a more another factor of manipulation, right? Is is making it so that, for example, the Republican Party, for example, they're now kind of in that ball of oh they're the the racist because when it comes to border policy. Republicans are more about border security, which, you know, kind of means watch the border, you know, whether you have more border agents or other kind of technology that kind of helps eliminate the illegal crossings. And, and you know, it'll limit people putting themselves in danger to try to get here. Um, they're more that way, right? The Democratic side is more of, you know, come over, we'll take care of you. Kind of no... What do you call it? Like no consequence, just just come on over. Um, and and what that whole thing with Trump did, it was like two levels of manipulation. Obviously, they they made people hate him, but now it's beyond that because he's not even in office. And now it's a uh, people hate the Republican Party because well, they're the quote unquote racist because they want border security. So, like that that level of manipulation is is something that if you take a step back and just kind of question it a little you'll see that okay yeah this this stuff that was told to me that was presented to me by these politicians by the news media isn't 100% factual and and you know and and it's and it shouldn't be a party thing i don't think it should be more of you know, it, it's a it's an issue where we're dealing with real people, right? Real lives, yeah. real suffering. That it shouldn't be so political, but it is. And you know, and this is something that I have to do more research on. But if you want to make it about political or not, I think um, who was it? Was it Reagan, who was a Republican that gave a lot of am they gave amnesty right back when he was president yeah uh, if i'm not mistaken i would have to look that up so this is something that a lot of latinos can uh, relate to so go to uh 
um, a supermarket, go to a Mexican supermarket, like like an old school Mexican supermarket, and they'll have a picture of Reagan hanging okay. somewhere. Um, I've gone to a couple and they have it hanging there. And one of the reasons is that um, when Reagan was in office, uh, that's when they allowed the amnesty uh, to come into place. That's when um, my parents uh, were able to get their visa. You know, that's when they gave them the opportunity for amnesty. Yeah. And then again, like that, that goes to show you that <laughs> in that sense, I mean, they, they pass them passing that into law and giving people amnesty and they got their visas and they're able to stay. That was probably in, in our, you know, in our lifetime or in recent history, that's the one thing that I can remember that uh, really helped out uh, immigrants that were here. Um, you know, a lot of people mm -hmm. like to give uh, Obama a lot of credit for DACA and, and, and the dreamer thing that he did. But at the end of the day, that people got to realize there's a difference with, with the, with the amnesty. Uh, I believe it, what was it? The act, the immigration reform act that, that uh, Reagan did. Cause it was basically actual law being passed versus what Obama did. What Obama did was an executive order. So with that, it, it's not a law. It's just something that, any president that comes after Obama can easily, with no no input of Congress or anything like that, just boom, it's gone. So it's a it, it's a band aid fix, but it sounds nice, yeah. right? And and that's that's the key difference. But the one that gets the most praise is the the Obama thing with DACA. Yeah, yeah, and. It, it, it really does come down to, you know, the difference in times and the way that they use propaganda. Um, if they say it enough times, um, they can make it seem as it never happened. So, you know, we just have to, you know, continue to pay attention to what's going on around us. And if it doesn't make sense, you know, uh, dive into it. If you feel it down in your bones, and um, it, it, it's 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 not fitting in with common sense. Then you really have to question it. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, and then that's oh, okay. that's uh, your, your screen went live. Oh, okay. No, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, and that's something that I had mentioned it on the on the last episode, right? How how Trump did ask for 25 billion for the wall in exchange for, for dreamer citizenship. Right. And, you know, this is just so just to kind of share that. So this is from Reuters. Reuters is in, in no way conservative, but you know, this is a story from January 24, 2018. Yeah. Trump seeks 25 billion for border wall offers dreamer citizenship. And, you know, you can, if you Google that, you'll have all these other articles pop up, but I just kind of wanted to share it. So, you know, that, you know, I'm not just saying that it, it was, it was an actual offer that was made by Trump that would solve the issue for a lot of dreamers of DACA that, yeah, were brought here when they were little, 
no fault of their own. They lived here their whole life. This is the lifestyle they know, the country they know. And, you know, they, the exchange for, but I think the exchange for the citizenship, for the dreamers, for the wall, theoretically makes a lot of sense, right? To me, because the dreamers, for example, are already here. So if they're already here, they lived here their whole lives. You know, I know, I know people that are, you know, dreamers, quote unquote, or, or DACA. And they're good people. Again, it's not saying, talking about immigration has nothing to do with the character of the person. You know, it, it obviously, if they come here, kind of like what you were saying earlier, is they come here, they break laws, and then they get deported. Well, that person did something that there was consequences, right, to whatever action that person took. But like a lot of the dreamers, yeah, they, DACA, they've been living here their whole life. And from my point of view, I would have said, yeah, take that deal. You secure the border. The DACA students, the kids here, they get covered. To me, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, I don't know. I don't know how some people look at it, but I see it as a win-win. But I think that the thing too is is that that guilt that you were talking yes. about, yeah. where where that same guilt will will make you not want to accept that deal because you're worried about the people that could possibly come or would want to come but don't and again it's 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 kind of like you're you're you have that guilt for for something that you may not even know might happen in the future obviously you can assume yeah we can all assume more people are going to want to come up throughout the years but to me, when you have a deal like that, that deal should have been taken. You know, DACA dreamers wouldn't be an issue right now. And and it'd be done with, right? That end. But it's not. Because again, you go to politicians that promise, promise, and promise that they were gonna do something about it. And when the time came to do something about it, they let politics and their party line dictate the future of everybody else. So that's like, if, if, if I'm a dreamer, if I'm DACA of a DACA kid or whatever, you know, you have to realize that that happened. And sometimes I think a lot of them don't even know that that happened. I think there was a few, because th there was a point where Nancy Pelosi was giving a speech. And I think it was after that where they kind of protested her little event and then they gathered around her and they were calling her a liar or something like that um, yeah yeah but that was that, awesome. that whole situation <laughs> makes makes no sense in not <laughs> in not taking that deal i'm still you know the more i talk about that deal and then the more i think about what they're doing in ukraine it just it still blows my mind yeah no i was um looking up um Cesar Chavez is a, probably a great example of um, what we're talking about. So for a lot of people, and I want to do um, mm -hmm. an episode talking about him because, he, you know, they, they hold him up as a great leader, which he was, but they misinterpret what what he what his message was about. And uh, if you look into it, 
he was against illegal immigration. And, uh, you know, where we're from in San Jose, they have a statue of him downtown and, and things like that. And, and um, I think if he was alive at this point in time right now, I mean, he was fighting for human rights, but at the same time, he was fighting for equality too. So he knew being born in Yuma, Arizona, that, you know, the illegal immigrants coming into the United States, you know, would be taking a lot of the jobs that they would be taking at that point in time. And um, that's not to say that he was against um, immigration, because I'm sure he was in favor of legal immigration. But what happens is that when there's a legal immigration, um, there's abuse in labor. So they get these laborers Mm -hmm. that work for these wages that are really low. And, um, you know, I think we see this all the time. Um, You know, people know um, people that go out in the fields and and work for really cheap labor. So there's a, there's a, human crisis, you know, when that happens. So that's why we can't let, you know, our emotions get in the way. Uh, we have to, yeah. you know, look at the situation holistically and, and not get emotional about it. And I really do look forward into, you know, doing an episode like that, you know, about Cesar Chavez. But that's just one example of, you know, someone that, is an icon, a Latino icon, and we really don't know what his message was about, you know, in detail. So it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to talk about it and, you know, put it out there so that people realize exactly what what he was about. You know, he was for, you know, human rights. Yeah. And, and you know, if and if you kind of go by today's logic, you know, some of the stuff that border right border wise that he was doing with this group is you would you know he'd be a he'd be called a racist and uh you know whatever the the cool words are nowadays um but yeah that'd be definitely a good uh a good uh topic to to talk on to speak of um and 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 just you know other other also latino leaders that like you were saying before that to kind of just just let people know, you know, where, where they're from, what they did and how it impacts us now. Um, you know, I think, I think, you know, hopefully one day we're able to have some Latino leaders on this show and, you know, hopefully it grows to that level and, and, you know, kind of pick their brains and stuff like that. But, you know, right now what we can do is, like you said, go into the history of, of you know people like Cesar Chavez and kind of talk about what he did and 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 what he was trying to accomplish. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's so much more. It's a complex um, complex uh, subject. Um, everybody has a different vantage point. They've got experiences. Um, whether it's good, bad, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that we don't know about that happen. Um, and one of the things that I was going to tell you is that I was, a, you know, whether it's at work or, you know, just being around 
other Latinos and stuff like that is they're they're sharing like videos um, that are online of the crazy things that cartels are doing. Um, so it's, you know, I might take that back, you know, as far as not being able to, to prove that the cartels are actually running, you know, the state borders or the, uh, the Southern border, mm. um, because mm. you could go on your phone and you can look it up and you could see how, you know, the violence and all the other things that they're doing in order to control the border and, um, you know, the yeah. state borders in, in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, you could see it too. Like when, you know, we all see those videos of the cartels getting in shootouts, even with the military down there. So, you know, if they're not afraid of their own military, like they're, you know what I mean? Like, come on, they're not going to be afraid of people trying to cross the border or even care about people trying to cross the border for a better life. They're going to take advantage of that situation probably more than likely a hundred percent of the time. Oh yeah. One thousand percent. Um, look at all the TV shows, all the movies glorifying, um, that lifestyle. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I think they're making it in, in those movies on TV shows. They make it seem nicer than what it really is. Uh, it's, it's brutal. It's cutthroat. It's, um, I mean, I can't even yeah. describe it how bad it is. And that's, <laughs> and that's part of the manipulation, right? Uh, if we talk about, I think on the, I forget if it was the second, the third episode, I think we talked about entertainment. Um, you know, how they have the shows like with narcos, right? How they show you the the whole cartel life. And, you know, on TV, it looks, oh, these guys are having a good time. Or, you know, they even, to a sense, like, make the 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 drug dealer seem like he's he's a good guy. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's kind of the they was it glorifying that that lifestyle that isn't good at all, right? It's not going to benefit anybody in the long run, right? It might it might benefit you, like if you're if you're in that lifestyle, it might benefit you in the short term, as far as you might make more money or whatever financially. But at the end of the day, it, it's a lifestyle that is filled with uh, death and chaos. So yeah, even well, think about it this way: How many of those shows and and movies have we seen where they ride off in the in the sunset, like a like a happy ending, no. a happy story? <laughs> I don't think it's uh, ever happened. No, so. uh -huh. no, they but, all go into the light, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, the other thing that we have to do is, um, you know. Right now that we're touching on that, as far as glorifying, um, you know, the cartel lifestyle is that we all know it's there. And when we're being told that it's racist to have it border wall, have it under control and everything. Listen to the other part of your brain where it goes. It exists. It's there. And how can it be racist to to eliminate that or control that chaos and violence. It, it just doesn't, it doesn't match up. It, it, it doesn't make sense. We, no, and, and how can you acknowledge one thing and deny the other? Right. And it's like, you know, as, as a people, it's like, we have to be honest with ourselves. We're not, we're not all angels, you know, 
even even kind of going back to what what Trump was saying, right? Because he wasn't talking about everybody, even though that's exactly how they made it play out in in their reporting of it. He was talking about specific people, and kind of what you were saying right now is it's like, yeah, we have to admit that those kind of specific people he was talking about are out there. They do exist, you know, and it's not just because we're, we're Latino, Mexican, Hispanic, whatever. And we heard that and we got offended. It's like, well, that other part of your brain knows that those people are also out there. And, and it's not just, you know, it's not a race thing or whatever. It's just every culture has it, you know, every culture has it. If you grew up in a Latino neighborhood, right? It's like you lock your door. Uh, you had a dog, you know, to protect, you know, the house. Or, you know, if you had a legal firearm, you had a legal firearm to protect yourself. Yeah. So it, it, my, it's my, just my grandpa sense. had a My grandpa had a shotgun ready to go. I remember that there as a go. kid. <laughs> So but yeah, it's kind of what you're saying. We, we can't we can't deny it, you know. Um, we have to be realist. We have to be logical. Um, uh, you know, when we're making these decisions, and it just goes back to what we have been talking about for a few episodes. It's just manipulation. It's rhetoric. They're playing with us. We're a social experiment um, mm -hmm. to them you know, by what they push through music, movies, um, all their propaganda. So we just have to be uh, wise enough to to spot it and not, and not fall for it. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think going back to that guilt, I think that's why it makes us, as a Latino community, an easy target for that manipulation. Because someone that has guilt, you can easily, you know, change their what do you call it take advantage of their of their situation because mm -hmm. they've already feel like un maybe unworthy or however you want to call it insecure um, insecure uh -huh. yeah i think guilt does a, a lot of things it makes you give in um to certain things that you wouldn't you know otherwise um, that's why certain things are yeah. used, you know, um, it makes you, uh, not, not to continue to harp on it, but, um, it takes you away from making, um, common sense decisions. It, it kind of, it, it, it takes away that factor and then you're just yeah. reacting emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're not making... In, like an informed decision, like you were saying, right? And mm -hmm. and I had said it last time. It's like if if uh, if someone controls your emotions, they control your decisions, and this is exactly yeah. that. And it one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So go you ahead. know, I think, yeah. I, I think. That, go ahead. Oh no! Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I think there's a, I think there's like a little delay on uh, on both sides. I think something's happening here, but uh, oh, it's really it's really windy over here, and the internet connection is. I'm looking at my connection. It's it's dipping, going up, and dipping. So it's probably my side. 
Oh, okay. But yeah, I mean, I think I think the border in in I guess in simple terms is it's not racist. Wanting to secure the border is not racist. And I think as a Latino, instead of just automatically getting so offended or riled up by it, you know, look into the we we looked into some of these numbers. We found these numbers pretty quick, like I said, from the government websites. Look at those numbers and just kind of see the you could see the progression, how it's getting worse. You could see the amount of unaccompanied minors just just getting higher as well. The amount of encounters that the Border Patrol has with, you know, people that are trying to cross. And and another thing kind of remind me of something I wanted to say is the Border Patrol, a lot of them are Latinos. Mm -hmm. It's not like, you know, I think people think of ICE and they just think about a bunch of white (laughs) Border Patrol agents. But a lot of them are, are, are Latinos working at the border and, and, you know, doing what they can with the power that they have or the, the, the responsibility that they have to take care of the border and deal with this influx of people. You know, there's not enough, it, you know, at one point or another, we've all had a job where we were shorthanded. Right. And, and we knew, man, this is going to be impossible or it was impossible to get done. You know, just think about the the border patrol agents right now. When you're dealing with 2.7 million people crossing, and you know, I, I I don't even know how many border patrol agents we have at the southern border, but I'm I'm not I'm a go on a limb and say it's not even close. Mm-hmm. I would agree. And there's they're just people just trying to do their 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 job. Yeah. Um, at my previous employer, um, it was based out of uh, Texas. Um, one of the um, corporate offices was in El Paso. So when you would go over there, you drive down the freeway, you see Mexico on one side, and then you see the United States on the other side. And um, some of those guys that were working over there, I was... Re- I was really surprised that they were leaving the company where we were working at to go work as uh, border patrol agents. And these are guys named Juan with uh, last names like Hernandez, Fernandez and stuff like that. So in my mind, I was like almost brainwashed to think that Hispanics wouldn't be working as border patrol agents. But then that reality hit me and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. Um, you know, they're protecting, especially if they're from El Paso, they see all the things that happen, you know, coming from Juarez over to El Paso and stuff like that. So it it, it made me realize that, you know, the point that you made, it's, it's not just, you know, John Doe's uh, working out there, you know, just, mm-hmm. or John Smith. It's... Um, it's Juan Hernandez and Fernandez out there uh, working as border patrol agents. Yeah, yeah, and and again, they're not they're not evil people. You know, they're they're just they have a job to do, and you know that's part of the rhetoric, right? Where those people have been given a a bad rap just because of you know political gain, and. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you if you know anyone that works the border 
or or if you get an opportunity to speak to someone that works at the border, especially if they're Latino, you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to tell you that they don't do it because they hate Latinos. They do it because maybe it's a job and they probably care more that they don't want to see these people suffering. And, you know, at the end of the day, in a sense, even though they're, they're, you know, catching those people, they're probably helping as much as they possibly can to prevent those people from going through worse situations. Well, that's what I was going to say. We could, we could potentially say that they're saving someone, Mm -hmm. you know, they're saving a child, whether it's a boy or girl, um, that they're trafficking, you know, there's so many different things. It's like, we have to get that out of our heads that we think that every single person that's crossing that border is coming out here like our mom and dad did, or mom and uh, grandparent and grandmother out here uh, looking for and you know like a working opportunity to better themselves. That's yeah. not always the case. And you know what? The stick uh, statistic would be interesting is to see how what are the numbers of that? You know, actual people coming out here and um, trying to get a job like how we talked about, you know, mm-hmm. to, to lead them over to, you know, um, getting a work permit, doing it the right way, you know, getting an yeah. attorney, doing it that way, because that's something that we don't think about. You know, if we had that statistical number in front of us, we would be able to put it, you know, into perspective how much crime is is actually going on on the border yeah yeah and then you know, i was trying to find right now while you were talking about that how many just to kind of get a number of how many border agents were were at the are at the southern border compared to the people that they have to encounter uh i couldn't find anything but i, I did find one where it says uh september it's september 1975 to september 2005 so in 1975, at the southern border, they had 1,446 agents. Um, and then in 2005, they had 9,857. So, you know, that's, uh, what, 10, 20, 30 years. 30 years, you know, the, the amount of Border Patrol agents has also gone up, right? Because, you know, they... At the end of the day, it's it's as much as maybe certain politicians or certain people don't want to, it's needed. And and again, they're they're not all bad people. So I, I think that's that's another thing when, when it comes to talking about the border and, and having these conversations about the border is is knowing that those people that work there, you know, shouldn't be getting this bad rap that they that they've been getting. You know, I think that's I think that's unfair. And, you know, every politician that kind of bashes on them should should probably, you know, they should cut that out because it's it's honest working people that are, you know, law abiding citizens and law upholding citizens. So I don't think not just, you know, Border Patrol, but police in general it's a tough job right and 
and with the rhetoric in recent years, it's they get a bad rap. And and that should definitely be something that regardless of political party, that, that shouldn't be done. You know, because we do yeah. we do need those people every day. Well think about it if if you're paying um um in that scope and that brush, you know, that they're these bad people, you're potentially putting their lives uh, in danger, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, I think the best example that we have is that one uh, photo op that they did where they caught um, the the Border Patrol agent on the horse. It looked like he was going to whip him, but he wasn't whipping him. And same thing, they came out with, um, I think it was like a little apology Mm-hmm. In, in, in the back of the newspaper or something like that. But, you know, that picture in the majority of everybody said is, you know, mm-hmm. that these border agents were whipping these uh, immigrants. Haitians, I believe, right? It was mm-hmm. it was the Haitians that had crossed the border. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was grabbing the reins of the horse, you know, for the horse. And just the angle that the picture was taken of, again, you, you go, there you go, propaganda and manipulation. Is there and it's it's crazy like to to see you know I guess once you once you really have your how could I put it kind of like you were saying right that you think about things in this perspective where you're like all right well what really happened or what's the full context right it's it's crazy to see because once you get to that point and you go and see or search the whole incident or, or whatnot, you see all that manipulation, you see all the rhetoric, you see the propaganda that they used. And the crazy thing is, like I said before, is it works. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And and if people aren't at that point where they know to look for things in context before they react to it, then it's going to continue to work. Uh, and and that's yeah, kind of using it's mind blowing. Yeah, they're kind of using human nature. They're taking advantage of us, the the human nature, because we are emotional um, beings, mm-hmm. and we do care. So when they do that, is uh, they're taking advantage of that, straight up. Yeah. And like I said, you know. Um, it's a it's a social experiment that they've already mastered. You know, mm-hmm. if we think that they're barely figuring this out, uh, we're wrong. You know, they've been doing it for a long time, yeah. and they know exactly what they're doing. And there's a popular term that people are using right now is uh, gaslighting. So you know, they gaslight us and kind of like the way that it kind of left you speechless in in the way of describing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's what gaslighting does. It just like it, it numbs your mind, and it, it, it's like you get stuck, you know, and, yeah. and and you can't believe that it's happening and that it's working. Yeah. But like I said, they've been working on this uh, uh, <laughs> manipulation and these social experiments for a long time, mm-hmm. and they're damn good at it. Yeah. They're damn good at it. Yeah. And, and, you know, to kind of go back to it, it's that guilt that makes us the easy target. Yeah. But again, it's human nature, right? Where that's how we are. Yeah. 
Yep. And it was it was a little while ago when in a conversation someone had asked me, it's like, but how can we justify being against people um, coming over like our parents and grandparents did? And it, I had to think about it for a while and I was trying to find out what that feeling was, why we felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the best way that you can possibly describe it. It's just straight up guilt. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. Yeah, you start to think, you know, well, why, why do I get this opportunity and someone else doesn't? Right? Mm-hmm. You think everybody, you know, it's, it's human nature, right? We're, 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 for the most part, we're caring people, right? We, we want to see everybody succeed. And yeah, to, if you put it in those terms and yeah, you go, yeah, well, well, everybody should come. Right. And, but that's, that's, that's not, that's not reality though. That's not, what do you call it? It's not attainable. Because as we said before, it's not sustainable in the long run. That too. Because, you know, any, any, again, any country that wants to be sovereign or wants to stay, you know, America's, again, it's one of the greatest countries. If it wants to stay like that, it has to protect itself. It can't just, you know, let everybody run wild. And, and then, you know, not just the border, it seems like in, in everything, right? In everyday life, there things seem to be just, people just seem to be running wild in everything. There's more crime. There's homelessness, drug use. Things are just getting worse and worse. And, and if we want to remain, you know, a great country where everybody wants to be here, everybody wants that opportunity, that American dream, it's like we can't allow ourselves to just kind of be going more and more. We're, you know, we're digging a hole and it's just getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and let's, again, let's take it a step further mm-hmm. is that like the example that we gave about Gavin Newsom is that he brags on how much money they spend on all these issues. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the crazy thing is that where do they get that money? They get it from taxing us, right? Mm -hmm. So they've got a money tree that's called the American people, the American citizen. Yeah. And and that money tree gives them the money. They throw money at the problem, and the problem doesn't get fixed. And what do they do? They get more money from the money tree, the American Mm -hmm. citizens, and throw more money at it. Mm -hmm. So at what point do we say that isn't working? You're not going to take our money anymore mm-hmm. to not solve the problems. Yeah. And we, and when we force a change, when yeah. do we do that? When, when do we arrive to that conclusion? When do we arrive to that point? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good question, right? Cause then again, cause yeah, like you're saying, he was bragging about the money he spent on this, 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 this and that. And you know, Things have gotten worse. I think. I think that's kind of. <laughs> I think that's a key point. In you know, we we kind of had said it about the border, right? They keep promising and saying this, this, and this, but it's gotten worse. You know, Gavin Newsom talks about all the money he spent in California to fix issues, but the issues keep getting worse. You know, spending money and wasting money are two different things, right? And 
And it's obvious that they aren't spending the money in an efficient way where problems are being solved. There is no, there's no improvement. You know, the, the quality of life has deteriorated like year after year. You know, there's certain cities that I don't even want to be in and that you be beautiful cities, right? Like if you, if you ask me right now, like, you know, would you want to go to San Francisco? No. Do you took the words out of my mind? Hell no. I don't want to be there. (laughs) It used to be like a getaway spot, you know, a place you spend the weekend at and have fun with the family. Same thing. Yeah. Santa Cruz. You know, places that we grew up, when we were growing up, we would go to, like you said, to get away, have a good time, be with family. It's like, I don't, I can't go there anymore. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's real. Can you put it? It's just a sad situation. It's, it's a very depressing environment just to see all. It looks um, third worldish. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Deteriorated. And then, and you start to think of like, you know, back in the day, how how beautiful it was. You know, mm-hmm. I, what what a great Santa Cruz, the boardwalk. As a kid growing up, going there, like that was mm-hmm. fun. That was that was amazing. That was awesome. It's like you go there now. It's just you know, the the shopping center. Some of them look all abandoned. There's you know homeless people everywhere. There, it, it's just it, it. The quality of life is just getting you know worse and worse. And kind of like what we were saying last last time is, you know, well, why do we continue to allow it, right? And when when do we stop that, right? When do we stop all that that wasteful spending? Because it it is our money, right? Even the 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 omnibus, the the federal stuff, that's also our money too. It, it's I, I think. This is what I would love to see if if we if we had like a real representation in the government. I would love to see them say, you know what, these bills, this money we want to spend, isn't going to benefit our our people that are giving us this money. It's not going to benefit them in any way. No, this is not getting passed. They will not get taxed. Because it it comes to a point where all these things that they're taxing us and spending money on, it's like, what was that saying? It's no no taxation without representation. Yeah. It's like, well, you're taxing me, and you're spending money on things that don't represent me, or things mm-hmm. that I'm against. Like, why why am I required to give you my tax money to spend? on things that I don't want you to spend it on. I think I think that should be something that you know, hopefully <laughs> one day one day one day that comes into where you'd be like, "Oh, we should have the, you know what? Here <laughs> Danny, here you go. Here's the 4,000 page bill. Initial the ones you want to contribute to. We sh- mm-hmm. shit, we should <laughs> we should have that. So then that way mm-hmm. we if I put my signature there, okay, use my tax money for that. Yeah. And if and if somebody does want to send all their money to Ukraine, sign your name away. I mean, that to me, that would be awesome, but I also know <laughs> it's probably not gonna happen. But you know, 
I think that's how taxes should be, but that's a whole that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole another topic. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because uh, it's almost like when you go to Walgreens and now the screen shows up, do you want to donate a dollar to whatever cause? Yeah, so children's you know, hospital. Kind of something to the effect that you're talking about, something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know exactly. I know what you mean. <laughs> but um what are we coming up to right now? Like an hour twenty. An hour, an hour twenty. Hour twenty. All right. But with that being said, you know, um we'll keep touching on the Latino point of view on these topics. And like I said earlier, you know, we should really, uh, you know, put something together for like Cesar Chavez and stuff like that to see, you know, what his real message was and not what the propaganda, uh, you know, messages that, you know, they're trying to use his memory for, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then, and then kind of what we were talking about today, kind of got, I, you know, I know some people that live in SoCal that know uh, border patrol agents. It'd be cool mm-hmm. to probably have one on to. Oh yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be kind of cool. But you know, we'll we'll kind of we'll see what happens there. But that would be something that I think would would benefit a lot of people in not just hearing what we're saying, but someone that's there. Um, experience. It's actually that's actually a really good idea. I like that. So I'll, I'll work on that, but I think, I think, um, you know, like you said, we're trying to give you the, the Latino perspective, uh, kind of how, what we see from our end, right. Being Latinos in America, growing here, you know, all, all our lives and kind of seeing the, being able to, to, to know when there's manipulation going on. To, to, to be able to, like you said earlier, ask for the full context. Like we're we're trying to get more and more people to to that point. Not saying that we know it all, not saying that our way is the right way, but I think people need to do more research. And like I said, if you end up agreeing with it still, good, fantastic. Yeah. You did what you had to do to get to that conclusion and and Basically, to put it short, we want you to reach your own conclusion. We don't want you yeah. to have your conclusion assign, assigned to you. Um, I just got an idea. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. So, okay. So everybody knows uh, chismoso or a chismosa, right? <laughs> so if a chismosa or a chismoso comes up to you and gives you a little bit of gossip, right? You're like, what is she talking about? What is he talking about? Let me go find out for myself because she's known and he's known to be a chismoso or a chismosa. So you don't, you, don't take, you don't take their word, you know, 100%. You're going to go find out and, and see if it's real chisme or, you know, if it's the truth. So guess who's the chismosas and the chismosos? <laughs> the politicians are chismosos and chismosas. News networks are chismosas and chismosos. Yep. So every time you hear something from them, you got to go, I'm going to go check and see if this chismoso is telling the truth or not. Yeah. So, 
I think that's the best way that, you know, <laughs> I can put it. And if you uh, can't relate to that, you don't know a chismoso and, or a chismosa. So, you are, you really, are you really Latino if you don't? Yeah, yeah, I guess you wouldn't be. <laughs> but yeah, I don't, uh, man, that was a good one. I don't think I can follow that up. That was, that was like the perfect <laughs> ending. <laughs> so, the moral of the story is don't listen to chismosos or chismosas, aka politicians, news networks. Yeah, for sure. 100%. 100%. Well, uh, on that note, we'll, We'll we'll end this one, but you know we'll be back and and you know we'll be talking about these topics and just keeping it keeping it going. Uh, again, appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to these, share these, uh, you know, spread the word if you can. Uh, any anything helps, and and we appreciate it. No, hey, twenty twenty three, can't believe we're in twenty twenty three. Let's make things happen. Let's wake up in 2023. Wake everybody yeah. up. Yeah, I think we, <laughs> you know, I got some got some big plans for this year. You know, I want to yes. definitely, we're hoping to, to make a big impact. So, uh, yeah, we're ready. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, everybody. Well, you have a good one, and, and thanks for tuning in. Yeah.